This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You are on Saturday Magazine, Joy 94.9, Macca and Nevena, and uh, I hope you're having a really great Saturday, all our listeners. We're having a great time in the studio now. Now, who are we going to speak to next, Nev? We are speaking to one of our favourites. We have one associate, of our regulars. One of our regulars, Associate Professor from Deakin University, Matteo Vergani. Thank you for joining us on Saturday Magazine. An ASPRO. <laughs> Another ASPRO. Hello, hi. Nice to hear from you again. Matteo, thank you for joining us. We were really interested uh, to see that a new study has been featured on your blog. This study comes from the US and the findings are, are really, as I was reading through, were quite remarkable in that it's found that more harm in, there is more harm in hate crimes, especially crimes based on disability gender and sexual orientation. Could you tell us a bit more about that? It is, absolutely. Thanks, Nevena. It's, it's a fascinating study, and it's the first time we have such strong evidence from quantitative studies using a very rigorous design. Um, yes, the evidence shows that at the time of the attack, uh, there are no significant differences in the severity of hate-motivated and non-hate-motivated crimes. Mm -hmm. However, the long-term impact in terms of health, um, uh, both psychological but also physical health, is much uh, significantly higher and more severe in hate crimes, Uh, especially, as you said, because they compared hate crimes uh, targeting different characteristics. So uh, disability, uh, gender, and mostly uh, transgender uh, people as a target, and sexuality uh, are characteristics where victims experience more long-term severe health effects and harm. And this study is quite, there's a lot of rigor to it. So Mm. it's looked at a wide range of incidents over the last uh, 11 years, and it has found some potential for confounding variables in estimating the harm of hate crimes. In the work that you've been doing over the last couple of years on the Tackling Hate Project, how does that all come together to have now this substantive piece of evidence? Oh, it's really important, and it is important for policymakers because it shows that hate crimes need, well, two things, if we want, more, um, a more severe legislation, and the reason is because there are more severe harms. So, uh, of course, uh, they have to be, um, you know, controlled and, 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 and they, they have to be, let's say, uh, more effort from legislators and from uh, prevention and mitigation interventions in addressing these type of crimes. Uh, And also we need more support for victims and target groups because it is evidence that uh, they have more more harm uh, in victims. If I can say something, it's important to notice the evidence originates from the United States. And the reason being, in the U.S., uh, they collect the data in a more consistent way. Mm. So in our context, we have no way to do such type of studies 
because there is no data. This is the problem. <laughs> it's interesting you say that, Matteo, because oh, a little while ago when we had um, Wayne Gatt from the uh, Police Association here in Victoria and we talked about how hate crimes are categorised in the statistics and that it's my words it's a bit of a it's a bit of a, a lottery in terms of how they're categorized and how they're recorded and that some you know some really there needs to be some serious work done there so i hope that the results of this study you know whilst they're thought provoking they'll actually demonstrate the impact that it has uh long term on people do you think you know, you said that the US records it better. Uh, why do you think that is? Why, uh, you know, considering that their, I suppose their, you know, their police system is is much more fractured and localised than ours. Why do you think they're better at it? Uh, look, the, the, it, it, it's very simple, the reason, because in 1990, there was a federal legislation passed in the United States called the Hate Crime Statistics Act, Ah. in which uh, the FBI is compelled to collect hate crime data uh, from all local police forces. And we have nothing like this in, in Australia. Not only this, in the US, we have, uh, they have um, legis consistent legislation on hate crime. There is nothing like this in Australia. So there is no hate crime does not exist in Australia legislation. So this is the problem. Matteo, we've known for some time that racism uh, can ha can be considered a detriment to health and a determinant to health. Could we go to f so far to say now that hate crimes um, could be considered the same for people with these um, who are experiencing these hate crimes? Oh yeah, but absolutely. So the the, um, the studies showing that racism is a determinant of health look at the impact of microaggressions, discrimination. This is even worse, this study, because it, it shows that hate crimes can have long-term health impacts on victims and potentially, and actually we don't really know, also in their communities, because there is a vicarious uh, effect of hate crimes that terrorize all the communities that share the same characteristic with the target. So... Uh, it can be even worse, but at least this study shows that, especially for certain groups, again, uh, uh, groups identified by gender, sexuality, and disability, um, they experience significantly higher uh, impacts. And th there can be interesting reasons. Of course, uh, the, the authors of the study speculate about why that can be. And for example, they say that uh, Transgender people experience uh, significant uh, rejection from families, uh, discrimination, uh, and so that can add to the experience of victimization, uh, creating long-term uh, traumas and PTSD and, and a serious effect on health. You know, we heard on, uh, on, on this show a couple of weeks ago from Steve Demopoulos, uh, a state government minister, minister for a number of things, but he indicated that the anti-vilification legislation in Victoria is likely to be tabled, debated in July. I wonder whether this is an opportunity as part of that anti-vilification legislation, and hopefully someone from the government's listening, I know someone will be, uh, 
to actually think about let's put a provision in there for, you know, hate crimes uh, to be properly recorded and reported because at the end of the day, the work, you know, that you do and others do is really important, but often, you know, government want to rely on their own figures. So I hope as part of that legislation, the government gives some thought and Victoria Police gives some thought to actually recording hate crimes because uh, the impact of them, as you know, as, as you've been able to demonstrate, is very, very long-lasting and quite significant. So fingers crossed uh, we, might, we might get to that point too. Absolutely. Look, and I have done a submission um, to, the, uh, to the inquiry, um, you know, in regard to, to changing the legislation in Victoria, and this was one of the key recommendations. Not only I did it, I know other mm. colleagues asked the same, and it's, it's really important, but it's important to frame it well, because Victoria Police would say we are recording prejudice-motivated crimes. The problem is they are doing it not well enough. It's not compulsory. Uh, they don't do it with clear categories and clear bias indicators. Even if they are, they exist. They have not been adopting bias indicators as they should. So it's not done well enough. So they do it, but they basically the reality is that they don't even release that data because it's not meaningful. Doesn't mean anything because it's not done in a rigorous way. And uh, so they and, need to do it well. And yeah. they acknowledge that and and. Uh, acknowledging there's a problem is great. Fixing it is even better. Uh, and again, you know, I, I commend Wayne Gatt from the Police Association when he talked about that with Never and I, about, you know, the whole, how you categorise health, you know, hate crimes and, you know, how difficult it is, but it's not impossible. So, you know, I'm glad you've, you've made a submission and I do hope that the government looks at this and Victoria Police, you know, uh, Rather than saying, oh, yeah, look, we have some statistics, but they're not very good. Well, guess what? Make them better. Like, (laughs) you know, make them better. Um, You're there to keep the peace and to stop crime. And if statistics are bad, make them better. It's not that hard, guys. Absolutely. And look, there are very clear and simple steps to be taken already available. For example, there are lists, again, of bias indicators that police could adopt uh, to recognize and classify hate crimes in a more rigorous way. Mm. And they have been already created by researchers uh, for the Victorian context. So it's just a matter of adopting them. And if they don't, and if they don't want to appear to be listening to an academic, uh, <laughs> have a look at what the FBI is doing, you know. Like, absolutely, you know, absolutely. Matteo, thank you so much for your time again. And I could hear the pedestrian crossing there going. You probably can't cross now. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, always, always be careful. Thanks again for your work and your time. We really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully um, we will see a better mechanism down the track. Hopefully, fingers crossed. You know, yeah, for this. Thanks, Nemina. Uh, thank you, Maka. It's a thank pleasure. You, and uh, have a good day. You too. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. You are on Saturday Magazine, Joy 94.9, Macker and Nevener. Stay with us. There's more. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. 
Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.